Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Corinne Jean-Pierre is set to have a press briefing. Oh, oh gosh, I don't know. Do, do we really want to be subjected to it? The answer is we have to. It's our job, people. <laughs> there are other things going on. I want to make sure I get to them. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Again, anybody want to defend Joe Biden? 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Defend him having classified documents. I'm all ears. There are some things that have been going on worthy of our attention. Things, uh, levels of bipartisanship that um, I, I should be noted. Like, for example, the move to create the Select Committee on China. Because China is a threat, like it is to all free and thinking people around the globe. China must be dealt with. China has to be recognized as the enemy. The problem that we have is that we have a pseudo-intellectual set that refuses to recognize this. Rather, they want to call you a bigot for having to say anything about China. Where we have seen some bipartisanship this week is on the new committee that has been found focused on China and the United States' competition with China. You actually voted against that committee, even though a lot of Democrats voted for it. Can you explain why you voted no? I voted no because, again, it's a it's a another uh, a sham uh, effort here. It's really uh, clear that this is just a committee that would further embolden uh, anti-Asian rhetoric and hate and put lives at risk. That's Representative Ayanna Presley, and Ayanna Presley is wrong. Fact check, false. China, the communist Chinese, are the enemy, not your neighbor. What Ayanna Presley, Representative Presley, is saying is that you are not capable of noting the difference. I reject this premise. When we were attacked on September 11, 2001, and it was not, as Representative Ilhan Omar put it, some people did something, it was radical Islamists. We did not see from sea to shining sea the burning of mosques to the ground. And thank goodness, because that would have been a foolhardy, ridiculous, violent, evil thing to do. And there would have been no need or reason for it. That is different than whether or not we should note that radical Islamist practitioners of Sharia engaged in this act. Do you really think that your neighbor who's Chinese is your enemy? I don't think so. And you'd have no reason to think so. Those connected to the Chinese Communist Party cannot be allowed to, allowed to own land or businesses in the United States. We should put an end to allowing Chinese citizens to get visas to study in the United States. 
Those visas led to things like Confucius Institutes and other situations and organizations that were meant to spy on Americans and silence Americans from speaking out on the issues that exist in communist China. It's rational. But Ayanna Presley is not rational. Ayanna Presley is wrong. I'm glad that committee got voted on and by so many Democrats. Follow that up, the Select Committee on China, with this. More than half of House Democrats vote with Republicans to ban Joe Biden from selling oil reserves to China. It was a two-page bill. When's the last time you heard of a two-page bill? It passed 331 to 97. It's the Protecting America's Strategic Petroleum Reserve from China Act. Prohibition on sales of petroleum products from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China. Here's what it says. Notwithstanding any other law, provision of law, the Secretary of Energy shall not draw down and sell petroleum products from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, number one, to any entity that is under the ownership, control, or influence of the Chinese Communist Party, or number two, except on the condition that such petroleum products will not be exported to the People's Republic of China. Debbie Wasserman Schultz voted in favor. Joaquin Castro voted in favor. Ro Kahana out of California, who I disagree with on a multiplicity of subjects, but is showing himself to be a guy who will talk. He's, I, I think he's simply wrong politically, but he, every now and then, hitting it clean. Representative Steny Hoyer. They all voted in favor of this legislation, this two-page bill, this is, what? what is the number? I don't even have a number for it. 118th Congress, first, uh, first session. It's it, like, I just read to you the whole thing. The whole thing. Just boom, done. It's easy. Sometimes it's easy to get the good things done. I was very happy to see it. Very happy to see that there was this moment going on. If we have bipartisan support on the recognition of the threat of China and the importance of American security, man, we've got something to build on here. And then just like that, as I'm talking... Delaware, as you all know, on Sunday... Corinne Jean-Pierre takes from, to the uh, briefing room. I'm going to let her talk for a minute. I want to hear what she has to say. Of course, Joe Biden, you've got all of the, uh, the classified documents. Uh, you've got Joe Biden and his team spinning like they somehow have done something good here. Hunter Biden has had access to the areas where classified documents were. Let's hear from the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Minister Mark Rutte of the Netherlands to the White House to further deepen the historic ties between our two nations. As strong NATO allies and global partners, the two leaders will reaffirm our shared efforts to strengthen transatlantic security and economic prosperity. After that bilateral meeting, the president... So this is going on about Joe Biden's uh, calendar. Uh, she's going to uh, skip the uh, ice cream social that he has that he has right there by the way if i was president i would have ice cream socials 
I would invite people in and I would have ice cream socials. Absolutely. I, as I said, I would have uh, people smoking meat on the South Lawn in the summer. Oh, I, 100% I would. I would let uh, local, uh, I, actually, I'd let them from across the country, uh, Pop Warner football and, and soccer leagues, I'd let, them, I'd let them schedule games on the South Lawn. Oh, 100%. And I'd bring out a lawn chair, I'd smoke a cigar, and I'd watch. And then and then ice cream socials. I would be the greatest president. Just on the food-related tip alone. Here we go. The questions to Corinne Jean-Pierre. I have received Speaker uh, McCarthy's kind invitation, and the president has accepted it, uh, it and looks forward to delivering the State of the Union uh, address on Tuesday, February 17th of 2023. So we are... Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, guys. On Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. But we truly uh, appreciate the kind invitation by Speaker McCarthy. Uh, on the uh, debt limit, uh, Republicans want to cut spending as part of a debt limit deal. Is the president willing to cut any spending as part of a debt limit and what would you be willing to cut? Look, as you've heard us uh, say before, uh, we will not be uh, be doing any negotiation over the debt ceiling. Uh, uh, but broadly speaking, at the start of this new Congress, uh, we're reaching out to all the members uh, through the Office of Ledge Affairs, making sure that uh, they uh, making sure that we have those connections with those new members, as I just stated. But I want to say, like in the past, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, uh, there's been a bipartisan cooperation when it comes to uh, lifting the debt ceiling, and that's how it should be. That's how it should continue. It's not, it's not and should not be a political football. This is not political gamemanship, and we are. There, this should be done without conditions, and that's how we see this process moving Sorry, forward. Well, you can see that going along all you like, but the debt ceiling does matter because it involves spending, and you don't just get to spend because you want to spend. Cuts are coming, Corinne Jean-Pierre, whether you like it or not. I'm going to let her pretend that she's in charge for a while. We'll take the break. What does she have to say next? And what is it that Representative Crenshaw is signing on to? Ooh, I see the I word is back. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. related to this, I would refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. I know many of you that I'm looking at right now has been in close touch with my colleague there, uh, and uh, and so I would uh, continue to refer you to uh, to my colleague at the White House Counsel's Office. One of the things that they finally uh, confirmed for us is that Bob Bauer is indeed the president's personal attorney handling some of this. Uh, given that the Justice Department cited the personal counsel as having made this uh, initial outreach to National Archives and has been in touch with the Justice Department. Is that the person who these questions should be directed to? Why the White House counsel? I will say this again. I would, whatever the White House counsel, my colleague told you uh, in your conversation, I know you guys just spoke or connected earlier today, uh, I would uh, ask them that question. And anything related to the review, I would refer you to the Department of Justice. And, She's not um, answering. Regarding the de- uh, extraordinary measures that the Treasury Secretary announced She's not uh, answering. a while ago in advance notice to Congress, is there a policy that requires her to give advance notice? She doesn't want to be any part of this conversation. No how. Never mind that she's in over her head. She knows she must know that if she answers anything, 
She's going to get called in front of 27 different panels. She's going to be called to testify. She's going to have to testify against her boss. She's going to have to admit what she knew or didn't know, what she saw or didn't see. Oh, cringe on Pierre. Not having a very, very good week. Um, it's, uh, it is a, an issue that she's uh, also um, not good at her job. It is also uh, not bigoted to note. She's not good at her job. That's all there is to it. It's weird that people will say, well, you can't say that. She's a black woman. And I'll be like, what? you know how many white men I know who are absolute crap at their job? I mean, just human garbage. They suck. They suck so bad. Don't worry, Producer Ryan. I'm not, I'm not looking at you. You just happen to be in studio today while I'm in studio. So I'm looking in your direction. I'm not talking about you. I have met many different people of many different walks of life, and some are remarkably, remarkably talented. And some suck. That's true of everyone, everywhere, in every single place. She's just not good at her gig. Hold on, she's going to Peter Ducey. Oh, not Peter Ducey. Um, agree to Kristen cooperate with the special counsel investigation. We have said that we are going to continue to continue to fully co cooperate. We have been. Uh, th uh, the president's lawyers and team has been fully cooperating uh, with the Department of Justice, and we're certainly they're certainly going to do that with uh, the, the special counsel. And so, by that reasoning, would the president agree to sit for an on-the-record in-person? Just not. I'm not going to get into specifics or get ahead of what's going to happen. I'm not going to get into hypotheticals because that is a hypothetical. What I will say is uh, we have addressed this multiple times uh, at length, and we are going to continue, uh, the president's team is going to continue to fully cooperate with the Department of Justice, uh, and we respect that process, and that's what we're going to do. The president has said he hopes to speak about this soon. When can people expect to hear from him? Uh, don't have, again, that's a, that is, that is something that I can't, I don't have a, a magic wand here. I don't know when that's going to happen. What I can say is uh, his team is going to fully cooperate with the Department of Justice. Uh, let's not forget, the president said during the campaign that when it comes to the Department of Justice independence, he respects that. Uh, and that is something that he had said was incredibly important to make sure that they had their independence. That's why we say we're going to make sure that uh, they have their independence, and that's why I'm saying that we're, we're going to refer to Department of Justice. And, and let me just ask you a big picture question here. Does the White House, broadly speaking, have an obligation to share not just with the National Archives, but with the American people when the existence of classified information is found in a private location. Again, there is a process in this. She won't answer the most basic question. Is, is it the policy of the White House that, that they should share that information not just with the National Archives, but with the American people? So, I, I'll say this, Kristen. We have been transparent in the last couple of days. In, remember, there's an ongoing process, and we have spoken when it is appropriate. Is it, do you feel, the responsibility to be transparent? She won't answer the question. Oh, oh it just gets worse and worse and worse. And if you are a member of the White House uh, press corps, you bet you're angry. You bet you're disgusted. You better believe it. Just infuriated at this moment. 
took uh, in de in in uh, dealing with the Department of Justice and also the archives. But Look, you, I have I have you guys have answered questions when the press has broken in the news because it's an ongoing process. Because again, it is an ongoing process. There is a process here. Based on the timeline that I shared earlier, I am convinced we're going to learn about more documents. This whole ongoing process conversation makes me think that we have ongoing classified documents somewhere in Joe Biden's uh, hands. One, to the Department one of Justice. last question, because I know you've got to move on here. But the, the president campaigned on the argument that he would restore confidence. We know that he's in the process of deciding whether to officially announce he's running for re-election. Does this episode undercut that argument that, that he would restore confidence? Because here we have in the headlines that he is now under investigation. He's restored independence in the Department of Justice. That's what we're doing here. When we're saying we're going to refer you to the Department of Justice, that is restoring independence as it as it relates nope. to issues like this. No. Nope. That is important to the president. And it's been consistent. What no, I'm saying no. about investigations has been consistent for the last two years. You've heard me over and over over again when it comes to a legal issue or a matter like this uh Kristen Welker of NBC News just asked the White House press secretary doesn't this show that Joe Biden is incompetent and the White House press secretary answered by saying the Justice Department is free that's that is a remark you know sometimes Listening to these things, you know, I I, I haven't shared this stuff in, in a while, but this week I figured it, it was worth it. It's just so eye-opening to hear her not answer and how frustrated these people must be. Now, I don't feel bad for the White House press corps. They've done a lousy job for a great number of years. But wow. Wow. Oh, that was a killer question. Because now you get to say, if you're any uh, um, commentator in America, you're me. You're me. Well, NBC News just asked if Joe Biden was competent. When I'm on Fox uh, this, this weekend, I am scheduled on twice. I don't know what's going on. I'm, on, uh, I'm scheduled on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and then I'm scheduled on with uh, Lawrence Jones uh, in, in the evening. But wait till I get the chance to say, you know, even NBC News questioned Corinne Jean-Pierre asking if Joe Biden was competent, and Corinne Jean-Pierre didn't answer the question. Ball game. That clip, that clip is going to get played from now until the end of time. And all um, Corinne Jean-Pierre is going to do is deflect, deflect, deflect. By the way, I said I'd mention the I word, impeachment. Yeah, it's Funny how that keeps coming up. Representative Dan Crenshaw, who I'm not 100% happy with, uh, signing on to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. He has signed on to the document from Representative Pat Fallon, also from Texas, the Articles of Impeachment against the Secretary. Quote, his dereliction of duty has let this crisis at our border run rampant while continuing to lie that the border is secure. He's not fit to serve. The American people deserve someone who is. I only hope this happens. I only hope he is impeached. He has failed and he has lied. 
And oh yeah, I'll, don't worry. I'll get to the word. I'll get to the word. Because I won't let you down. TonyCats.locals.com. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today. So earlier this week, I spoke with State Representative Jake Teshka about legalizing of marijuana. It's a pretty big subject, and it's going to be a part of the general session this year. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. And that's the question. The question before us in the state of Indiana is, do we want to legalize marijuana? The conversation gets more interesting because, of course, we are surrounded by states that have done exactly that, legalized marijuana. Now, there's an argument to be made that this is the way we're all going. The nation has come to accept this. Why aren't we taking advantage of it? The other argument, as Governor Eric Holcomb has put out, and I think it is a logical one, it's not legal on the federal level. Why are you asking me to make something legal on a state level when the feds say it's not? How does that even work? Then, of course, you take a look at places like Denver, Colorado. You take a look at what's happening in New York and Chicago, where every street you're on in a downtown smells like weed. And you ask yourself, wait, is this what we're buying into? Is this what we want? So there was this rally this week at the Capitol. It's the Midwest Hemp Council. Right, it was at the Capitol, Midwest Hemp Council. I thought I got the words confused. I, I didn't. Americans for Prosperity was part of this as well. Full disclosure, I do work with Americans for Prosperity. I have a financial relationship with Americans for Prosperity. I just, oh, I will never lie to you. I always let you know. But I have no connection to the legislation that is currently out there. This is House Bill 1039 to discuss medical and adult use cannabis. Representative Jake Teshka joins us right now from the 7th District. That is T-E-S-H-K-A. I was mispronouncing your name earlier, and I apologize, uh, Representative. It's good to be with you. Talk to me about House Bill 1039 and maybe from a, a larger overview why legalize marijuana in Indiana? Hey, Tony, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on to talk about this issue that's important to Hoosiers this morning. Uh, House Bill 1039 is actually a very comprehensive bill dealing with this subject. It's uh, got some very minute details in terms of the regulatory structure that we want to set up here in Indiana. And, of course, uh, like most things we do in Indiana, we want to do it better than anybody else. And so, you know, we're proposing the lowest tax structure in the in the country because for us it's not, you know, about uh, revenue. We've, we've got a state that's flush with cash right now. It's about moving uh, this market that we know is here from the illicit underground market onto the uh, regulated and safe market here in the Hoosier State. And uh, the bill actually does not pull the trigger on legalization uh, at this point. The bill actually 
says uh, when the federal government deschedules or reschedules marijuana, the cannabis, we will uh, then take a look at it. But what it does is it gives us a, a leg up by getting all of this regulatory structure set up uh, ahead of time. We know the Biden administration has uh, called for the uh, a look at this to see if we can uh, reschedule or deschedule. And we want to be prepared for that. We want to make sure that Hoosiers get a first crack at setting up businesses uh, rather than multi-state operators coming in to swoop up the market. So when you're when you look at this legislation, when people look at it, this isn't about this gets passed and the next thing you know, everybody's selling weed on a street corner. This is about getting set up for when the federal government does X, we can do Y. Is there the anticipation that you're going to be waiting a very long time? And how do you speak to those advocates of marijuana being legal that wait, Kentucky can do this, but we can't. Kentucky can do it. Well, I, I would like to point out that Kentucky did it by executive order, and I'm never a fan of, of doing things by executive order. I think this is something that the people's representatives need to hear and uh, discuss and really get into the meat of this policy issue. Uh, and so uh, that's what I would say in regard to what Kentucky did. Uh, however, you know, I, I think we got to be realistic about where we're at in the state. And uh, as you stated in the intro, Governor Holcomb has said that uh, you know he won't sign a bill uh, that fully legalizes and, until the uh, federal government uh, changes their mind on the issue. Now, I don't think we'll be waiting very long. And, and in fact, uh, you know, Tony, I'm very surprised that we're uh, we're even in this position now. The Democrats had control of uh, of uh, the White House and and uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate for two years, and and I'm just quite frankly shocked that they didn't do this. And and they left an opening for uh, for Republicans like me to come in and say this is a policy that that we should be championing, and uh, and that's what I'm doing. Talking to Representative Jake Teshka of the 7th District, talking about his legislation that he's got out there. This is House Bill 1039. I asked how it's not House Bill 420. Honestly, uh, sir, it, 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 it boggles the, the, the mind. Uh, and I appreciate you being with us. Um, you talk about it being executive order in Kentucky, and, and, and I think that is a, a solid point, but it doesn't explain Illinois, nor Michigan, nor Wisconsin, uh, nor, nor Ohio, where these things are legal. Um, talk to me about who you're hearing from about the desire for legalization here, and how do you counter the argument that you're talking about legalizing what is very obviously, in people's minds, a gateway drug? Yeah, so, so what I would say to that is um, a couple of points here that you made. On the, on the first part, uh, you know, uh, Michigan and Illinois, um, uh, both of those states uh, did this process. Of course, Illinois is uh, a little bit different politically than we are. Uh, Michigan just flipped their House and Senate. They did theirs by ballot measure. Of course, we don't have those here uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, but what I think uh, is important to note, right, is there there's this Bowen study uh, out of Ball State, this, um, uh, this survey that just recently came out, uh, showing that only 15% of Hoosiers are okay with the status quo of prohibition in the state. So 56% in that survey said uh, they were in favor of full adult use uh, legalization of cannabis, and another 26% said that they would be in favor of uh, legalization for medical use. And so we've got 85% of Hoosiers agreeing on an issue, and that's something that in today's divisive political culture is, is 
unheard of. And uh, and so uh, one of the things I would say is why this hasn't happened yet is, you know, it's one thing to answer a question on a survey. It's a it's a totally another thing to make a phone call to your legislator and push for this policy. And until it's something that really affects you, right, until you've got uh, your your uh, young child sitting, you know, in a jail cell for for simple possession or until uh, like my constituent who wrote in just before uh, Christmas uh, said, hey, I've got stage four pan- uh, pancreatic cancer. I've tried all of these drugs, 40 rounds of radiation, and they've got me on all of these things. I've had surgery. And he said to me, uh, I would eat cow dung if it would help me live longer. He said, I know it's a long shot, but my life is all I have to lose. And uh, it's it's for folks like that that I'm, I'm pushing for this policy. In terms of it being a gateway drug, I think that we're seeing more and more, you know, as um, – uh, more data comes out from some of these states that have regulated their markets. In fact, a, a recent uh, study showed that uh, states that have regulated market have a, 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 an increased age of first cannabis use. In, in other words, uh, kids aren't using it as much. And just think about it, Tony. When you were younger, what was easier for you to get a, a bottle of booze or, or, uh, or a joint, right? And I think a lot of times it's, it's, the, it's the illegal substance that's easier for you to get because it's not a regulated substance, right? And so it's uh, it's tougher for, for minors to get that. And we're seeing more and more data come out uh, that shows uh, that regulated markets um, not only do not have an increased uh, use among youth in, in terms of a gateway or whatever you might call it, uh, in fact, it has the opposite effect. Uh, I can uh, attest to the fact that it would have been easier for me to find a joint than a bottle not of beer. Not that you were looking. When, 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 I, when I was a kid talking to Representative Jake Teshka of the 7th District, uh, State Representative Jake Teshka, talking about the legalization of marijuana. You brought up the Democrats, who last uh, session, they, they made a giant deal uh, about this as if they were leading the charge. And certainly we know that uh, Representative Jim Lucas uh, has been talking about this subject uh, for, for a while. And it seems that the, the strategy of the Indiana Democrats was attack Republicans for not being more on board with this as opposed to finding people that you could work with. Do you have Democrats you're working with on this subject? Will we see Democrats at this big rally that's taking place at the State House at 11 o'clock today, your cannabis rally? You will absolutely see Democrats there. We've got a Democrat co-author on the bill, and, and uh, we're having conversation with uh, the folks, uh, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle. We're having ongoing conversations with them to get them on board with this bill to see what you know what their thoughts are on the regulatory structure and how to move forward uh and lock arm and arm on this issue where look if there's an issue we can agree on let's agree on it let's move the ball forward so you had this rally over at the capitol earlier this week got a whole bunch of different kinds of people together uh it is a group of people growing indiana together the midwest hem council americans for prosperity and as i said i do work with with afp i am financially compensated by by afp um people think it's a weird thing for this group to be involved with uh they may not know anything about the midwest hem council um are, are these groups there to give you credibility or are they do they see a different value to the legalization? Yeah, I think each see a, a kind of a different value for, for this. Right. So Americans for Prosperity comes at this from from really the, the criminal justice perspective uh, in that, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, right, you might have uh, how many untold thousands of Hoosiers uh 
today being uh, busted for simple possession and they're they're stuck with a record for the rest of their life and so on and so forth and and so that's really the angle that Americans for Prosperity comes at this and, and uh, the effect that that has on the overall uh, economy and an individual's uh, ability to better themselves uh, moving forward and then there's others right so the Midwest Hemp Council they they come at it obviously uh, they are a group of, of uh, business owners and farmers and folks that are well positioned to pivot if uh, the state were to move in this direction, right? They're already cultivating uh, hemp, which is, again, a, 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 a cousin of cannabis, right? We're, we're uh, already cultivating this plant, and so they're they're ready to move, and so they've got an economic interest in this. Uh, and then you're, you're going to see folks. Uh, I've got a lot of folks that I've been talking with that are veterans uh, suffering from PTSD that are really pushing for this, uh, some other folks from the medical side, uh, and so they're coming coming at this issue from that angle. So there's all sorts of Hoosiers interested in this issue for different reasons. And um, and at the, the end of the day, what, what my message is, uh, is that it's time for us to have a conversation. It's time for us to have a robust committee hearing where we hear from advocates on both sides, health experts, uh, scientists, law enforcement, all of all of those stakeholders. Uh, and we have not done that yet in a committee setting uh, here in Indiana, and it's time we did. That's Jake Teshka, State Representative uh, District 7 here in Indiana. This weed conversation, this pot conversation, this cannabis conversation, this marijuana conversation, I mean, call it what you will. It's not going to get solved this session, but it's going to be back until it is. And future governors, people running for office, uh, they better be aware. This ain't going no place. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I know it's pretty weird to do this story after talking about marijuana, but you can get free French fries today. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, they're all yours. They're all yours. Wendy's is offering free fries because it's Friday the 13th. Free side of fries with any purchase through its mobile app. And the deal lasts through July, not July, January 19th. That'd be a real deal. That'd be a real deal. Uh, I have been told that the fries over there at the uh, at the Wendy's are different, that they used to be better and they're not as good anymore. Or is that the McDonald's fries that are not as good anymore? I'm going to have to do a, a bit of a, a taste challenge, but you got to do it hot. You got to do it. It's not like you can bring them with you and then have them at, a, at another location and then, all right, take them out and try them. And I don't think you can do the side-by-side like that. It won't work. You got to do them, and then you got to have like a ranking sheet. You got to have like a sheet, and then and then you rank what what what, what the, the heat, and and then the, the texture, and the crispiness, the saltiness. You know, can it handle the frosty? I don't know how you do that at McDonald's, but you could probably do that with a shake if the ice cream machine is working. I'm kidding, it's not. But I think uh, free fries is very nice. They really are desperate to get people on the app. Everybody is desperate to get you on their app. And I started taking a look, so I I, I pulled out the, the, the phone here, and I'm like, what do I have apps for in my little food, uh, foodie food section? And I'm like, well, I've got apps for DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats. I don't know why. I don't use them all. Uh, and then Dunkin' Donuts and Papa John's. I actually have a Starbucks one. That's a mistake. Domino's and, uh, and Drizzly. Don't you judge. Don't you judge me. 
Why do I have? I don't think I've ever used Uber Eats. I and and DoorDash. I mean, those fees are nuts. Really, it's Duncan. I don't think I'm putting a Wendy's app on here. I think if you've got a fast food app on your phone, I think I think it might be a cry for help. Then again, the fries really are delicious, and they're free at Wendy's. We should be a sponsor of this show. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz today.